Voice Memos podcast with Jen and Myron. Hey, welcome to Voice Memos. I am Myron Clifton and my co-host is Jennifer. So Jennifer is a wonderful lady. She's originally from Wisconsin, now in California, flaming redhead with a beautiful big old dog named Mojito that I call Beast. She's a great sister, daughter, and a great friend. And uh, she is my co-host. Hey, Jennifer. Hello, hello. So nice that we're recording this because I get to save this and hear this over and over again, the compliments that you gave me. So I lied. <laughs> this is my friend and probably my bestest friend. I've known Myron over 20 years. He is a published author. He is an amazing writer, highly intelligent. And one thing that I can really tell you about him that stands out is how he raises his daughter, Leah. I'm not sure why you're always late. Well, happy new year to you. <laughs> God, I'm always waiting on you. <laughs> oh my God, it's 2023. <laughs> and I'm going to keep you agile. <laughs> you know, it's funny speaking of agile. I was, you know, I have a two-story house. So I do that thing that people do where you just throw things on your stairs. Like if you're going to take something upstairs. Yeah. Well, I threw like a towel or my robe or something like that. And then I was running up the stairs and I slipped on both items. <laughs> like both, like. I fell, I didn't fall, but I hit, I, 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 my foot hit the towel and I slept and my next foot hit the robe. So I was halfway up the stairs, but only because I was falling upward. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're telling me is that your two pieces of clothing projected you upwards. <laughs> <laughs> and so then, so then about two days later, I was coming in my house through my back door and there's steps and I let off with my, my right foot and I felt my right knee buckle. And I was like, oh, it hurts. And I couldn't figure out why. And I was talking to Eliana. I said, I can't figure out why my right knee hurts. And she was like, well, dumbass, you fell up the stairs the other day. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. And your stairs are kind of narrow. So they're not very they're, wide. Right. They're narrow and they're steep. And there is no reason to throw like clothing on stairs. Like it's one thing if you put like, I don't know, a new roll of toilet paper before you go upstairs or I don't know, just random stuff, but not things that actually spread out on the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I almost and, died. I you almost know, died. here's the thing though. This is why you know you're getting older because you, um, for those of you that know Myron, uh, of course, Mojito, I've talked about Mojito on the show, but there's times where I've gone to Mexico and taken a trip for a week and Myron was amazing enough to watch Mojito for a week. And Mojito at that time was probably about 80 pounds or so and um, just younger and, and had a lot of spunk in, in him. And so he likes to sleep you know, I, I believe in having your dog sleep with you, whether you believe that or not, I don't give a shit, but that is my thing. Um, 
and Mojito turns out that was his thing as well. So <laughs> Mojito would follow you up the stairs and sleep with you, and of course take the whole bed. But you had to, you literally had to walk him down your stairs, and you never fell. No, look, look. So Mojito, bless him, you know, in, in his heavenly life. I carried Mojito down the stairs in the middle of the night. Like I, I have, I have carried. When, when my daughter was a baby, I carried her down those stairs sometimes in the middle of the night. But Mojito, you said 80 pounds. He was about 170. <laughs> but the stairs are so steep that Mojito would not walk down those stairs. And he needed to pee or whatever he needed to do. And he would not stop, like, just walking around on my hardwood floors. And I thought, well, what is it? Like those old Lassie movies, I was like, what is it, boy? Is there somebody down in the well? <laughs> <laughs> and well he was like get the fuck up so <laughs> i got up and he went i was like come on come on and he wouldn't go and you know sometimes you have this little telepathy with dogs or with animals and i thought he needs me to carry him down the stairs like it, ha it like it happened so <laughs> let me tell you i picked him up you know and that dog was heavy and it was it was one of those deals where either we're both going to live or we're both going to die. <laughs> you know what? There was an old movie called Backdraft when um, the guy that married uh, Goldie Hawn. Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. And they had a little saying, if one goes, we all go. <laughs> he was trying to save somebody in a burning house. And I was like, that was Mojito. I was like, man, my dude, if you go, we all go. <laughs> Oh so what you're, what you're telling us is that you have the capacity to walk downstairs, just not up them. <laughs> downstairs carrying a big ass dog, but I couldn't go up the stairs just like carrying nothing. It was a disaster. Oh my God. I'll never forget that story. No. So you're healing now. So that's going to take a little longer because you're you know, in your late fifties, almost sixty, so that's going to take you some time to heal. Oh my God! Well, it's been a week, and it's one of those—it's one of those old, old injuries that that a new injury that acts like an old injury where you don't feel it all the time. You just move a certain way, and then my knee is like, "Oh, what was that?" <laughs> Brutal. Oh my God! So I know last week we talked. We did a lot of. Christmas stuff and, and things that we hate or me specifically raised that raised my hand up to talk about that. How did you, cause it's now 2023 new year, new me. Um, how was your new year's? It was, it was very nice. It was very, um, very chill. Uh, me and Leah, my daughter were here and we, we just sort of snacked around and uh, I think we watched a couple of movies or something. And then we did that thing that, you know, a lot of people do. We tuned in to, CNN to see Anderson Cooper and that Bravo guys and to see them act drunk. But they were apparently they weren't allowed to drink this year. No, because so, of last year. Yeah. Right. It was pretty boring. Like they were not that entertaining because then you're just watching a couple of friends just sort of chat it up, you know, which could be us. I mean, we could do that. I mean, so, we should. Right. We should do our own little deal. We 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 looked at different little channels, people doing little New Year's deal. And then CNN. Because they showed, I think they showed, I think it was Usher in concert in Las Vegas, oh. but they botched the the countdown. So when they came back to New York to watch the ball drop at Times Square, 
their timing was off. And so it was New Year's and they were still counting down. Okay, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> so the on-air hosts weren't drinking, but clearly the production crew was drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. I didn't, we didn't watch anything. My sister and I, my sister came over. I made some mocktails, um, oh, oh. you know, it, for your world, the poser. And we had some, you know, tofu burritos and our power went out a couple times due to the storms that were coming through the area. So um, I had to bust out my, my flashlight and lit a couple candles. And I think it lasted maybe 20 minutes or so. It flickered a couple other times, but, uh, and we watched that movie uh, glass onion knives out or something. So we watched uh, how'd that. you like it? I liked it. I thought it was, I thought it was good. It was entertaining. Let's say that. Yeah. So if you want to be entertained, that's something yeah. to watch. I agree. You know, that, that was, that was my take on it too, that you look, it's a Hollywood movie with a bunch of Hollywood stars. They seem like they had fun. And it's not trying to change the world or anything like that. It was just enjoyable. Yeah, enjoyable. So that was it. You know, I got up the next morning, felt great, worked out. I mean, business as usual. I don't, I'm not a person necessarily that does resolutions because I think you should always, I mean, I don't think you should wait for a new year to, to do something new. But um, I did say that I was going to help myself a little bit more by doing more mobility when I worked out, like get, make sure that I keep my bones and my, and my, you know, ligaments a little bit healthy and, and so that I can lift heavier as we go into, as, as I go into 2023. So did you make any cool. resolutions? Um, you know, it's funny you ask that because I was, I was talking to my kid, you know, the rest of my new year, I FaceTime with, with my partner who's in New York so we FaceTimed at her new year, three years, three, three years, three hours earlier. And then we FaceTime again at our new year. So it was, we did it like a double kind Oh of my God. Cool. Puke. Yeah. Oh, puke. I know, right? Puke. Oh right. So, my God. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> I, you know, I don't really have resolutions. Like I didn't do it that kind of way, but I was chatting with my daughter again and I, it did sort of turn into a res resolution kind of thing because I said aloud that I want to, I plan to write a few more books, um, at least two more books. And then um, I need some uh, kitchen appliances. So I'm going to try to, I was going to remodel my kitchen, but I really don't want to remodel my kitchen. I just need... I need new appliances, flooring, and cabinets, which is sort of remodeling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. But you know, you know, like I had someone look at it and they were like, like, they want to do a, a major remodel, like switch the sides where the sink and the appliances yes. are, tear out all the cabinets, do all this stuff. And I just thought, I don't want to do all that. I just want something very basic. So, so I that's probably about it, just something like that. So you're going to do two more books in 2023? That's my goal. I'm going to try to do two more books this year. Yeah. At Did least two. Like if I could do, if I could do three, I will. But, you know, I did three this in 2022 and it was hard. Like I did, I, I saw, I, I did a little count. I did three books, one novel, two other books, um, 35 to 40 blogs and uh, I started that new magazine and I wrote, I don't know, 15, 20 articles for that. Plus um, that magazine was out nine months. So I did a lot of writing last year. And it, I mean, 
when I'm doing it, it doesn't seem hard. But then once it's done, I sit back and think about it and go, oh, my God, that was a lot. That was hard. But but I'm going to try to do something like that this year. Damn, that's incredible. So do you have any ideas as to what you want to write about? Nope. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like, I have, okay, you know, I did a short story collection. I did a book called We, we, Can't Be, we Couldn't Be Heroes. And it has eight short stories in it. And they're yes. um, really good. Sci-fi, fantasy, gothic horror, satire, political, just some really cool stories. Well, when I put that together, I actually wrote 22 um, short stories. And we paired it, my editor and I, we paired it down to those eight. So I have some more stories written that I can make another short story collection from. And I think I'm going to do that. Like, that will be one. And then... I have some ideas floating around about a novel, but I, it's just early stages of sort of thinking about how I could do it. And then I have a couple other ideas that I don't know. It just usually I take December and January, just think out stuff. And then February, I'll start really like um, just sort of cataloging in my head and thinking really deeply about how it could look. And then usually about March, April, I really just start start writing and try to finish by like July, August or something like that. That's crazy. I mean, just to think about yeah. how many books you've done and you publish and you work through, it's it's a that's a pretty big accomplishment because that always means that your words and you sort of live on through people's through people's eyes. That's a pretty incredible accomplishment. You know, thank you for that. It's funny you said that because, like, early, last year, my daughter said to me, Daddy, could we watch some movie, you know, and, I don't know, somebody died and had, and, had, and had secrets or something. And my daughter was like, Daddy, tell me all your secrets before you die. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's pretty morbid, but okay. Um, and so I told her, I said, you know, you could just read all my books. Like all my stuff is there. Just read all my books. I put a lot of stuff in there that I either think I experienced or I witnessed. And you can just find a lot of stuff there. She was like, oh my God, I don't want to read your books. Just tell me. <laughs> so she hasn't read your books. I think she, she has thumbed through, like she read the goddess book, like that yeah. book. And I think she thumbs through some stuff, but you know, she's, she'll be 18 next month and she is, um, she is, uh, the word I use for is, is, I like to say, this is a white people word. It's called nonplussed. Like she is just not impressed, not really interested and just not bothered. And, you know, just nothing, nothing. It's just wow. like, she was like, oh, that's, oh, you wrote a book. Okay, that's nice. And I'm like, hey, just take a look. She's like, oh, okay. And I always tell her, you know what? One day these books are going to be treasures for you. Like they will be absolute treasures. And she just rolls her eyes. <laughs> <laughs> she will. But, she'll share them with her kids. Right. Right. I mean, yeah. she said she's 17. She'll be 18. So, you know, it won't hit. It, it, it's not that thing for her right now, but it will be. It so, will be. Yeah, it will be. So, yeah. It's anyway, like one of those uh, things when parents, you know, my mom will bust out some uh, vintage writings or pictures that we created as kids and then like look what you did in you know right. kindergarten yes. and shit so I think I think what'll happen is she'll see some stuff and she'll start reading probably after college and she settles yes. into a job and becomes a parent 
I think that'll be that's cool. I can't believe she's gonna be fucking 18 years old. That's bonkers, huh? Bonkers. I mean, in February, she'll be 18 years old. Like, like we'll be sitting around here and just having conversations and stuff. And you know, she's just like, you know, that age is like a little adult and you know, they have opinions and strong opinions at those ages. You know how you are. You just know yep. all kind of shit. You know, you can be like completely dumb to the world, but just know all kind of shit when you're 17. <laughs> and I just be like, listen, and I be thinking, I used to sing her to sleep every night of her life. Wow. Right. Just every night of her life, sleep, sing her to sleep, you know, take her places. And, and just, it just, it's remarkable. And we were, you know what, we were going we were going to seize candy right before Christmas to pick up a box of um, some seeds, some seeds candy, obviously. And we were in downtown uh, right across. There's a seize right across from the Capitol. And we started across the street and I had a, I had a moment. I thought, well, I'm going to try it. So I said, give me your hand. Like I was going to hold her hand crossing the street. Right. Like, like the old days. And I grabbed her hand and she said, here, hold my phone. She's gave me her phone. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I want to hold your stupid phone. (laughs) Oh my God. That's great. You know, I was thinking about, you said something earlier, you said white people word. And then it got me thinking about the students in Iowa. I think it was Iowa, the four kids that were murdered and they caught the guy. Idaho. Idaho. Yeah. Um, And, you know, how much news is coverage for it? Because, you know, of course they're white um, young people. So of course the news is all over that and it's always updated and it's in your face where kids are going missing every day in black and brown neighborhoods and never to be found. And that's not on the news. So, um, I don't want to give it a lot of conversation, but I will say that the guy, now this could be hearsay and you know, there's always a lot of information out there that the guy Mm -hmm. that is right now, um, hasn't been you know he's what what's the term that he is allegedly the killer yes yeah um so apparently the the kids in the house had a dog and um the guy they say because the guy that murdered them is vegan that that is why he didn't kill the dog <laughs> are you <laughs> i don't even want to lie but are you <laughs> oh my god I don't know where I read it or how I came across it, but when someone told me, I said probably. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that story is pretty daunting. Daunting. It is. It is. That guy was a professor, student, or you know something like that, and he was doing his thesis or his final project or something, researching why. Uh, what people are thinking when they're trying to get away from crimes. And he actually, you know, when you do those studies when you're in, in college, you create these questionnaires that you give people. So you get data, you know, all this kind of crap. And he had a questionnaire asking people about getting away with crimes, how they were feeling and all this kind of stuff. And that, that guy's the murderer. 
he yeah, he was a like a criminology major or something, oh and, and he was doing theses on how to sort of I don't know if it was get away with murder. I mean, I'm just get bits and pieces because I, I mean it's a tragic death, and I, I don't I don't acknowledge right. that it shouldn't be warranted and it shouldn't be on TV and the killer was found. Right. I, I agree with it. I also think that we have to do the same for black and brown and yellow and and every person yes. that deals with this level you know when someone's shot by cops you really the only time you see or hear about it is is online it's not splattered all over the news like this story yeah. was so i have a i have a hard time you know calling attention to it because it's getting enough attention and the killer's been found and the tragic death of those poor college students is really really sad um and i i just it came across my page that he was a vegan and the dog wasn't spared because of that which that's remarkable know, i don't think there's any validity to it but um i thought i'd share that little bit of story because you know you and i on our podcast have had vast conversations specifically around politics and and um you know racism some tough conversations and a lot of fun stuff and the other day uh you and i were having a conversation because you send me you'll send me information like pictures or memes that showcased most of the time funny conversations but the other day you sent me a picture of a map and you had made a comment to me in regards to the map um how africa was uh, what i what i understood was made smaller on this map and visually you don't need to see it for those that are listening but i responded back to you that i don't see africa on this map that you're showing me and I swear that sometimes I consider myself smart and then um, you'll say something to this when I said, I don't see Africa on that. And you said, it's because Africa is so big that all the countries you see on that map actually fit in Africa. Right. It's amazing. I was floored. You were telling me that education was removing or trying to remove Africa because of where it falls in the equator. I, I want to touch on that a little bit more. Yeah, it's, it's remarkable. It's called the Mercator projection. You know, some European guy, I think it might have been like Swedish or something like that, where he drew the map. And it's the map that still is in use in most um, American schools and art globes. And it's basically the map that you see. And the map um, shows that, you know, the, the size of all the nations and everything. Well, that's based on, that's a navigational map that that guy made. Um, and everything above, and this is like, this isn't anything new or conspiracy thing. And it's everybody knows, not everybody knows this, but it, it's understood in science and academia and everything um, that the map is, is based on um, um, imperialism and colonization. So it's not based on how the world actually looks. So every nation above the equator is larger than all the nations below the equator. And as it happens, the nations above the equator are where white people live and below the equator are where people of color live, including you know, black people in South America and Africa and so forth. So when you look at a map, it distorts the sizes. So the United States is way bigger than on the map than it is in actuality. And the best example is Greenland, which is which on the map looks four times larger than South America, but South America is nine times larger than Greenland in real life. Wow. And, and Africa looks, Africa is, sh is shrunk so much. 
And that's the, that's the map I was showing you. Um, or was it a map? It was a, an overlay that you could fit the United States, most of Europe, China a couple of times, and a few, and maybe eight or nine other countries inside the continent of Africa. That's how, that's how large it is. And uh, people have done studies, or have done studies, and you can see it on YouTube about why this persists, even though those maps are, they're just wrong. Like they're, they're factually wrong. And the reason why is, you know, and Western nations like to think of themselves as the center of everything and the most important. And with that comes size, you know, size matters. So, you know, <laughs> we project ourselves as large and you see it in all kinds of ways. Like if you see movies and they show a globe or, you know, the United States is always centered when really, you know, we're not the center of the world, you know, like that, but it's okay to say, well, well, we're in the U.S. So we're going to show a map that the globe is turned so we can see ourselves. Like, I get that. That's not really that big of a deal. But the sizing of things does matter. And it plays into uh, the perception of who is important and who is not important, who are not important. And there's no, there's no reason to have those outdated maps in use when it's been known for 100 years that they're, they're incorrect. Right. They're just they're just incorrect. So that that overlay I was showing, you can look it up, just look up Mercator projection um, uh, distortions. And that that's what that's called. It it distorts the sizes of the continents and other countries above and below the equator. It's crazy because, you know, you don't think I, I thought I did go to school for 12 years. Like in my mind, I'm like, well, OK, I got my high school degree, got a little <laughs> college in there. And when you showed it to me, I thought what the fuck are you talking about? I don't see Africa. And I, I guess it's been indoctrinated in me to visually not see it the way it's supposed to be seen. Right. Right. That's exactly it. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly it. That we just get, um, that's a great word for it. we get indoctrinated. You know, that that's, I've had this conversation with, with, with my daughter, not about this map in particular, but you know, you know, we know there are, there are nations like you'll see like during the, 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 um, the China Olympics, and they'll do the, the opening program and the way they are synchronized and how they walk and stuff like that. And then, you know, we will say, oh, they have to, you know, they drill it. You know, you got to put on the show for the, for the world. And, you know, they're probably not treating it right. They better get it right. But then we don't think about how we get brainwashed and, and, and propagandized is what it's called for our country, you know, because we do, you know, we are constantly told we're the best, we're the brightest. Everybody wants to live here. We're the best technology, the best this, the best that, the best doctors. When in reality, intellectually, we know that's not true. Yeah. And it doesn't make it doesn't make anyone a bad person or a bad American, a bad citizen to say, uh, you know, we're about 30th in reading and about 80th in math. And, you know, we have, you know, a billion times more gun deaths than anybody else. You know, it's it's okay to say that. Like facts are facts. Like facts don't have emotion. They're just facts. But man, you, you say that kind of stuff to some people, you, you, they just like, they lose their shit. And you know what? The, I think that was the episode of, uh, what was that news? It was a news show that Aaron Sorkin showed. Everybody, everybody used to love. He used to come on, I think on HBO for a while. Broadcast um, news. Broadcast news. And I think it was the end of one of the seasons, like the main guy, Jeff Daniels, that got the big head. That Best guy, scene. right? Remember, he goes off in the final. He's like, "We're not number one," and he just—it's like a ten-minute speech 
we're the worst of this, we're like this. And, and he's just like, he goes off. And, but everything he said was accurate. It was like, so just, spot on that right? it gave me chills because he was at a, he was a, at a, at a college and a student yes. asked, can you explain or tell us why America is the number one country in the nation or in the world or something? And he's like, it's not, it was, I think it was the first episode of um, the, when the season started and okay. Okay. it floored me. It was so fucking good. And that show three seasons, right. top five, top five series. Love it. Witty. If you ever right. get to it, watch it. I mean, he, um, he nailed, he nailed that. Those writers nailed that. And, and and you know what? I think the follow-ups were they eventually had to say he had a breakdown. <laughs> yeah, he had a breakdown. <laughs> right, right. The news, they were like, like we can't, you know, you, you can't put that kind of stuff out. And it's that whole deal that that you know, we we have to be that that um that there are people who believe that as as grown-ups or even as our children, we have to be soft-pedaled information. Like we can't be told, uh, you know what? Um we don't have the best doctors in the world and we don't have the best healthcare or, you know, we don't have the best roads or we don't have the best airlines. The best you know? water. Right. You know, and it's like, why hide from that stuff? Like it, 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 it makes no sense. And then you have the people who are on the other extreme and say, well, if you say that, then their response is, we'll move. And it's like, well, <laughs> what? Or you hate America. I'm like, what the fuck? You know what? I don't like I don't like my refrigerator. That don't mean I hate America. I got a cheap ass 22-year-old refrigerator that's, you know, it, it needs I need a new one. It doesn't mean that I hate all refrigerators. Like <laughs> that's such a but you know, think about how marketing plays into that. Think about when we were kids. Um, you know, milk does a body good. And yes. the idea that you had to drink milk for your bones, which yes. definitely wasn't the case. It it's this it's this thought process that it's getting into the subconscious. It's repeating the message over and over again, where you start to believe it. I know there's a word for it. I know there's psychology behind it, but yes. that's yes. what happens with the news too. Like it's that Jeff Daniels, your example is so spot on because what they were doing with broadcast news was actually deciding to give the news. Good, yes. bad, or indifferent, they were they were going out of the norm, and yes. they were taking risks as making sure that they broke the news, provided the news to the to the most honest, best way to do it. So, I, yeah, I, again, I yeah, can't speak important. enough about that show. Yeah, you know, it, it's like you hear about, um, like you're you're watching, like you were just talking about that this this quadruple homicide in Idaho, because it's it's white um, young adults it gets more play than if it were any other race of people in this nation. Like, it's just a fact. And, and if it's a, if it's, if there's a pretty white woman who is missing, who was murdered, you know, you can watch Dayline. You'll see, they call out helicopters. They get sheriffs and FBI. They get everybody involved to find this person. And there are black, Latino, and especially indigenous women missing all the time. You never hear anything. And, and, and they and, and social scientists even have a term for it now. They call it um, uh, missing white women syndrome. That the that the news goes bonkers. They go bonkers over it. And it's, it, it is not a wrong thing to say that this happens. Like, we know this happens. And Americans, I believe, most people are growing up enough to understand that. And this is the same issue we have. Because people fight against it as well. It's the same issue we have with teaching the fullness 
of American history, that there are people who only want to say the founding fathers were wonderful, God-fearing Christians, and they weren't. But, you know, they only want to say that everybody was wonderful. There was a little, little, you know, a little issue with, you know, slavery, but that all got resolved and now everybody's happy. Like, that's not, that's a fairy tale. Like, that is a fairy tale. It's okay to, to tell things like it is. And you got to do it in an age-appropriate way. Like, you want, you're, you, your parents won't tell you, you know, all the dirt of their lives when you're five or 10 years old. No. They give you a little bit at a time as you grow up until you're finally at an age appropriate age. You can say, well, mom and dad, how did you meet? Because, and when did you first have sex? Because I was born seven months after you got married. Like <laughs> you can just come correct with that kind of stuff, but you're not going to do that at 10 and they're not going to tell you at 10, right? <laughs> but when you get like old as us, you know, we can do the math. <laughs> oh my God, we can do the goddamn math. Like, oh okay. my God. Adults can, adults can handle that stuff. We can talk real American history and we can be, we can be, we can all be proud of our history, um, all of it. And we can also know the, the, the bad things in our history. And we can say, you know what? This happened to us as a people and this was perpetrated on us by people. And you know what? We can get better together and put it in our past together and understand it together. But if we just say it didn't happen, let's not talk about it ever. That doesn't that doesn't solve anything. That doesn't drive. No, no, it, it, not at all. It's like it's like going through the twelve step program and missing you know steps two through two through eleven. Right. Yeah. Oh God, that's a really good analogy. Right. You can't do it like that. <sighs> hey, sir. So I have a question for you. Did you see uh, Monday Night Football last night? I did not see it. I my my. I stopped watching football after my freaking fantasy team just fucking tanked. But I am on my. I have a group chat. And it's all the girls in the league, you know, just talking shit. I mean, I talk shit in my life, but I've never been part of a group that just fucking talk shit. I'm talking, you better, if you have thin skin, you can't be part of this group. I mean, so they mentioned, oh my God, did you just see that hit? And they're stopping the game. And that got me looking at what happened. Um, You're talking about. um, DeMar, DeMar Hamlin. Yeah. Yeah, for the Buffalo Bills, they're playing uh, Cincinnati Bengals, and he tackled a guy, and it didn't look, um, it didn't look particularly violent like football can look. Um, and he's after, so he tackled the guy. They both fell down, and he hit him from the side. Like it wasn't a head-on collision or anything like that. And Demar Hamlin, who's only I think 23, 24 years old, he he immediately stood up, and then he all of a sudden fell back. Um, he fell back completely back, like on his back, on his head, like just fell back completely. And we now know he had cardiac arrest. Oh, then, okay. So he did. I did not know that. He did on the field, cardiac arrest. And um, between the Bills and the Santa <laughs> Bingo's um, medical staff, I mean, they were right there. They did CPR for, I think, eight or nine minutes. They had a defibrillator and they, he has stopped breathing. Like they brought, they brought him back. And so um, obviously the game was stopped and canceled. And, um, you know, there's players on the field crying because, you know, I was telling this to my daughter that, that, you know, 
when someone is fighting for their life versus someone is injured. Like that, that human looks and, and the body looks differently than when you, you know, break a leg or break a knee or even a head injury. That when you are um, fighting for your life, you look different. Yes. And so they were crying and it was, it was, it was an incredible scene, incredibly sad scene. So they took him away, went to emergency. They, the family put out a statement last night that he, they had revived him. Um, and uh, he was on a ventilator. And then I saw a statement um, maybe an hour or so ago that um, he's still on a ventilator, but they have him on his stomach to take some of the stress off his lungs from trying to breathe. And he's still in critical condition. Wow. Yes. And he's only and 24. Do they He's only 24 and he's um he's a wonderful young man and that he has a GoFundMe where he 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 um he he takes care of it he takes care of a younger brother who's like I don't know 10 11 years old or something like that. Uh and he has a GoFundMe for he raises money for toys and things for kids and he had a goal over Christmas of just 20 raising $2500. Well, that news went out last night. That GoFundMe is down over five million dollars. Stop it! It's 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 it, and that was as of maybe a couple hours ago. It's probably six million by now. And the list of people giving is just not only all his teammates and teammates from all over the league and other coaches, but athletes from all over the world in all different sports. Uh, athletes, coaches, uh, famous people, because you know a lot of people you can see on GoFundMe, you can see their their names and things. If they want, you can leave it anonymous, but also different foundations. And it's been a really incredible, I mean, for such a, um, um, it's not, it, it's tragic in that it happened, but it, it has become a tragedy yet because he's still fighting for his life. And it looks like, you know, hopefully, you know, he, he's going to recover. Uh, but the out, the wonderful outpouring of support for his charity has been really it's been really lovely i mean it's, wow. it's almost six million dollars it was at like an 1800 or something last night and now it's six million dollars almost $6 oh million. my god that's amazing yeah. that's amazing yes and, um, and actually i should say it, i'll put it in the i'll put it in the um you know we'll put it in the show notes it's called Ch the chasing m's letter m the chasing m's foundation community toy drive is what it's called it's at um over five and a half million, almost, yeah, $5.7 million so far. Damn. So when he wakes up, which that's what we're all praying for, he wakes yeah. up, he'll see something that his name, you know, what happened to him helps yes. what his, what his, what he was doing. So yes. I, and, I love yes. that. That's really nice. Now, I've read some doctor's reports about what happened and I can't explain it medically, but essentially um, there is a, you can, you, your heart can be injured. You know, if you uh, you hit, if it's hit at the right moment, the, the, the right amount of force and contact in the right um, part of your heart when it's on, you know, either upward or downward um, pulse, and that force can make it go into arrest. And I think that's exactly what happened to him. Damn. Yeah. Because to your point, right, you know, you sit, we sit as, as quarterback on our couch couches quarterback or whatever you uh, call that and armchair we look like, quarterback yeah armchair quarterback like oh that didn't look like a big hit to your point when you see someone's ankle go backwards you're like oh ouch but yes. it looked like a regular hit and the angle that you're saying could put pressure on the heart and put you into yes. heart attack. yes wow. that initial contact 
you know, that guy's shoulder right to his chest at the right moment, the right amount of force, you know, all these factors coming together at that right, and not right, but at that moment, um, they think is what what caused that. So, um, yes, yeah, so you're right. We're hoping that this young man recovers and that, um, I, you know, it, there's a lot of talk about at some point uh, football being banned. And there, there's, you know, I, I was telling, I was telling uh, my partner that, you know, when we were in middle school, we didn't have um, football pads or anything. We just played flag football. And, you know, it's the same sport. You're just not hitting, you're not hitting each other. And you can still, of course, hurt your ankle and knee and stuff like that. But you're not running your one, your hundred, at a minimum, those guys are 180 pounds. At minimum for like a defensive back or a wide receiver. But those linebackers and linemen, those guys are 250 to 350. And, and they're running like deer. And that, that, those collisions, um, it, it's, that's a tremendous amount of pain on the body. Not just the brain, but on the body. And that's why, you know, football players, even the ones that don't have the head injuries and CTE, although someone says they all have it, but even the ones that don't have that, those guys, you see those guys in their 40s and 50s, and a lot of them don't make it to 60 and 70. Their bodies wow. are destroyed. It's and, insane. I know I, yeah. how people want their kids to play football. I just think, I don't know if you, that, that sort of impact is what you want to have. And there's kids that, in, that play in high school that have injuries that hurt them for the rest of their lives. They do. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I was telling my daughter, so, you know, I play little league football and she was like, you ever get a concussion? I don't know. I, I was like, let me tell you something. We were always dizzy. Like you're hitting each other and you're always dizzy. And in those days, it was something to laugh at. And even the coaches laughed about it. <sighs> like it was a big deal. And our, our coaches, you know what they used to say when, cause I played on defense when like we were on defense and they were, you know, coaches always screaming on the sidelines. Our coaches, this is what they used to scream. Get in there and hurt somebody. Oh my God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Right? Get in there and hurt somebody. Like <laughs> that was the battle cry. And you know, nowadays they would say, well, we didn't really mean hurt. That they're lying. They meant hurt somebody. Because <laughs> you got rewarded for that stuff. You got they gave us stickers to put on our helmets. You know, the more we hit and hurt other players. Oh my God. See, right. it's what we didn't know back then. That is some. <laughs> That's some fucked up shit. Uh, that, is, that is. Hey, Jen. So, what are you watching these days? So, you know, I was. I had this conversation. I have a. I have a really good. You know, I started a new job, and I'm getting to know my team and stuff like that. And um, we were. I was asking them about their shows and stuff because I wanted to see you know, are they watching some of the same stuff I am? Are they way out there? Like, who am I dealing with? You know, because yeah. you can base your thought process on what people watch. You can sort of categorize them on if you want to get to know them more or if you have nothing in common. And um, I, I'll tell you what I'm watching, but I, I will say I needed to ask you because the per one of my teammates mentioned a show called um, what we do in the shadows and I have never oh, heard of it yes. I have never heard of it I wanted to know if you watched it um, is it something that am I missing out on something like what what's going on so um, I watched the there's a movie that the series is based on and the movie is is very funny 
And I, I think ironically, it's I think the movie is directed by the guy that directed those Thor movies. You're right. Yeah, the guy Tahiti Wakiti or something like that. And I know I'm butchering his name. Um, and I think he's from New Zealand. So the movie is very funny. It's like an irreverent take on um, basically vampires. Like you have these vampires, they live in modern society. And in New Zealand or something. Yeah, in New Zealand. And you just sort of like try to blend in and you just follow their little exploits and stuff. And the movie is very funny. It's like a, it's like an indie kind of movie. It probably lasts like an hour and a half, but it's very funny. And then they based a TV series on it. So I watched maybe half the season of the, of the um, first season of the series. I haven't finished it. And it's, it's really good. I haven't finished it, but it's really good. Okay. All right. So I, you know, sometimes I would go, man, I, I never heard of that one. And the other one was something about Lenny Kennedy or something like that. I don't uh, know. Oh, it's called like Kennedy Penny or. or yeah. Or, you know what? I will watch that because the name is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and they're based in Canada. So yeah, apparently, no, he, I, he sent me a little skit about them. Letter Kenny. It's called Letter Kenny. Letter Kenny. Yes. yes. And so. He said the first two seasons are good. It's the um, the other seasons that kind of go downhill a little bit. But I watched a little thing on YouTube and it actually uh-huh. made me chuckle. So I might give it a shot. But um, I just finished Jack Ryan season three. Oh, OK. How is it? OK. I love I, Jack I, Ryan. I, have, I, have, I love I Jack Ryan. Go. OK, good. I have two more to go in season two. So I'm looking forward to season three. So it, it's good, too. huh? I love it. I love I love um John Krasinski, I, I, if I'm saying his name correctly, but uh-huh. I, I just love Jack Ryan. I think it's just entertaining. It's really good. It's well-written. So I finished that over the weekend. Um, I have binged, and I don't know if I shared it last week because my brother got me on it. My brother and my mom got me on the Real Housewives of Miami, which is on Peacock, which is, I mean, what a shit show in a good <laughs> in a good way for me. <laughs> just, I mean... <laughs> It is. It's a. It's a hot mess, and I'm on that hot mess express until the end of the season for sure. Wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> so that's really good. And then I started. You know, I, I sent you something that I saw on TikTok, which is a show called Kaleidoscope. Oh and yes. I. Every person gets a different experience of how the episodes. Every episode is a color, and it's based on a timeline for a heist. And. Yeah. Um, I started yellow. So yellow was my first episode. So I'm in the middle of that. And to your point, I think I watched 15 minutes of it, but I love the actors. You know, some of them I've seen before, some of them I have not, but uh, so far so good. I'm liking the concept of being able to watch it because the end episode, which I believe what I heard was white, will tie it all together. But we're all in a different timeline if you're watching a different color sequence. So I like that. Yes, because my because my my first one was was um I think it was yellow was the first one for me. So um yeah, I think there are eight episodes. Uh, uh, uh black, I think black is an introduction, maybe. So black, yellow, um, lavender, orange, blue, uh, and then white. And I guess you could just let your Netflix play. It'll just pick one of the one of the um colors and they can be watched in any order, like you said. And I finished it today. It's so good. Oh, you finished it. I finished it. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a heist about a heist and all the characters involved in the heist, like in the heist, uh, and then also 
the 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 uh, the police or law enforcement, and then other characters, and you get to see how it all all comes together and how it doesn't come together. Like it's just because you can watch it any order, you can just like you said, you have your own experience with it. So I I'm actually gonna maybe not this week. I'm gonna let it just settle for a minute, but I'm gonna watch it again and see what order it picks because it really is interesting how you see the whole thing play out. And the actors are, they're all really good. Like everybody's really good. And it's just, it's, it's very well done. So I think, well, then I'm, I'm definitely going to finish that. I think I, or I'll start it and finish it. Probably I go on a work meeting. I'm gone for a few days this week. So when I get back this weekend, I'll, I'll definitely catch up on those. What are you watching that I'm not watching? Okay. So I finished, I finished that on Kaleidoscope. And there's a new movie on HBO called um, The Menu. Oh, I saw yes, that. Yes, it's, it's with Ralph Fiennes, that guy, and the lady with those really big eyes, um, Anya Taylor something. She has like three names. Uh, and Anya Taylor Joy, I think is her name. And, and some other people. But anyway, um, it is about, you know how the restaurant here, the kitchen. Yes, is that so? Ralph finds this 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 like chef, like you know, extraordinaire, and his he has a restaurant that has a dining experience, right? And so you go, and it's sort of a little island somewhere in New York or something, I think. And you go to the restaurant, and then the movie is about um, it's sort of a thriller. It might even be a horror. And about what happens at this restaurant where Ralph Fiennes is the guy. So it's, I, I'm, I'm about halfway through it because I already started. I was like, I've been waiting on this movie because I didn't want to pay to see that at the theaters. And it's really good. It's bonkers, but it's really good. That's insane. Okay, so maybe I'll add it. I haven't been watching a lot of movies because, you know, there's a lot of TV shows. I did watch the yeah. Chelsea Handler um, special that came out. That was pretty, that was pretty good. Is she still funny? Yeah, I mean... I think she could be funnier. I think some of her stuff on like Instagram or how she interacts with people and asks questions when she did her special, you know, uh, especially about the racism stuff that she went when she went to Orange County and talked to white women about racism and um, that that stuff is really good. It was funny. There was some good lines. I would have liked it to be a little funnier. Like I would have. I would have taken some of the jokes she talked about and just played them out a little bit longer. I didn't get enough of them. Wait a minute. Did, did, did you meet? Chelsea Handler once? One time, um, so my brother invited me to, because, you know, I you told you he was a camera guy. He was on the Kardashians. And he invited me to a rap show. And that's when the, you know, season finished. I was in Irvine for work. It just fell in right time. And she was at that party. And I, I'll never forget, I walked up to her and I said, hey, Chelsea, nice to meet you. My name is Jennifer. I think you might be funnier than me. <laughs> That is hilarious. <laughs> I'll never forget that she said, oh, maybe, maybe not. You know, it was just a good little dialogue. But um, at that time, she was doing her, like, coming out on her talk show. And I, I did ask her a question about being the only female. Because at the time, before right. that was, um, what's the woman that passed away? Joan Rivers. Uh, she was really the late night talk show lady. And so now you have Chelsea Handler coming into the late night game. And she said that she was That's actually crazy. thrilled by it. But yeah, I met her once and she'll never forget. You know, I, I was thinking about how actors and actresses 
meet so many people and the people that meet them never forget that they met them? Yes. <laughs> Crazy. Yes. Uh, you know, it's funny. I, I met, um, I have a similar story to that. Once at a company event, I think we were in Tucson, Arizona or something like that. They have like some kind of Western kind of city there or something. And we had some company event there and um, the guest, the celebrity guest who was there was former Dallas Cowboys running back Emmett Smith. Oh. Yeah. So Hall of Famer. And I think, I think he was like a broadcaster. He had probably just retired or something like that. I don't know, but he was there. So everybody had a chance to meet and greet him and take a picture with him and everything. So I took a picture with him and I being a Raiders fan said, to Emma Smith, Mr. Dallas Cowboy, I was like, you know, you're pretty cool, but the Raiders are better. You know, just something <laughs> like something like really obnoxious like that, right? <laughs> and this is, actually, he was still playing because the Cowboys had like won the Super Bowl or something, and the Raiders were typically trash, right? <laughs> and he, dude, so 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 we shook hands like just for the camera, you know, as they took the picture. And, and Evan Smith was like, man, you crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if he remembered me, but I remember that. You see how that is? Yep. That's how I, I think I met Charles Barkley once and I said, oh, I thought you'd be taller. <laughs> <laughs> man, that made me laugh. He's like, oh, you got jokes. Um, that is so good. So I know we're coming up, we're wrapping up now. Um, do you have... It, are you and Ilion coming, like, are you guys connecting again? Is she coming out here? Are you going there anytime soon? So we were just talking, uh, I think it was yesterday, about setting up some time. Um, I don't know if we're doing it in January. January is going to be tough, um, but maybe February. So is she, because um, she's back in school now, well, school, you know, her Christmas break is over. You know, out in California, they get two weeks. The one they have in New York is one week, but then they get another week in February or something like that. So there's a little bit different, but she's back um, to school. And we're going to try to get together um, because she has met a lot of my family and I've met a lot of her family, but I haven't met her mother. Her mother lives in Florida. So we're trying to set up some kind of deal where we could do that, um, but it, we don't have it set up yet. And then she has um, a very sick cat her cat that she's had since he was a they're not puppies what do they call little cats they're not puppies so what are they kittens kittens oh, <laughs> See, <not> wow. <laughs> i mean i wish we had time to circle back on that <laughs> yeah, so, so her 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 little fella heathcliff is his name he's a um he's that orange kind of cat you know yeah I don't, I don't know what they're called but orange so she's had him since he was born and or right after he's born, and he's pretty sick right now, so she's having a tough time with him, and she's, you know, she th there's a tough time for him, so uh, probably, probably in February is what I think we'll do something, and then um, the other thing before we go is, you know, we have that bomb cyclone storm coming here. I know. Right, and I think our next, I don't know, like four, five, seven days, we're supposed to get a record amount of rainfall coming. So beyond little Nino, or like El Nino, remember El Nino in 97 when all those houses yes, up in yes. Tahoe? So even more than that? I think it's supposed to be like that, yes. 
like just i saw i saw a news alert that 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 um from the bay area on we're supposed to get record rainfall and they're telling people to get ready and then i got a notice from my power company that expect outages wow like they're like expect outages so i'm thinking well you know what i need to make sure i got batteries for my flashlight you know just some yep. basic kind of you know basic kind of stuff shit and i have to go to the city so it's about a 93 mile trek from where i live to the city Ooh. i have to leave tomorrow and i have to be on the 101 so i'm i'm a little nervous about that so i'm gonna leave tomorrow on like one um hopefully get to the hotel by three but it's the coming back too you know that i keep thinking about yes wait a minute so you go tomorrow you come back tomorrow as well no i come back on friday oh you come back friday oh yeah. you know you're you know, you might you might miss like the giant. I think the giant one is tomorrow, but it lasts like days and days. But I think it's supposed to be heaviest tomorrow, Thursday. Is, is okay. right. I think that's what they were saying. Ooh, that's right. Yeah. You'll be on the coast. I'm going to be on the coast, probably drowning because, listen, they had they closed the 101 up here in the bay on Christmas Eve or New Year's Eve because it flooded. So that was indefinitely. And then they, they ended up getting back open, I think a day later, but um, I hope to leave by one. And if I can get there by three and kind of beat that whole like rush hour on top of a, a, a large amount of rain, that would be super yeah. helpful. But yeah, I, I think, you know, the only way I can, Ooh. I can't not go. So um we're like, we're like the, we're like those people on Saturday Night Live that make fun of Californians who talk about the highways. Because I was thinking, well, you know, I know you're going to go 80 to what, 12 to 101 or something like that. But to the 37. 80, right at 37. I was thinking, well, maybe you go 80 and you go all the way down to the bay and cross that way, you know. But in 99 was flooded here. Like it was yeah. flooded right down the valley. But so they were telling people, instead of 99, go on five. And I was like, man, this is like California. We just talk in terms of highways. <laughs> <laughs> At least we have options. <laughs> Some of these states have like zero, one way in, one way out. You're, you're screwed. <laughs> right? <laughs> we got all these different ways. But yeah, going to the coast from here is no joke. So no joke. yeah. Yeah. Well, let me know when you get there because. Uh, just make sure you arrive safe and everything. So then, so this is Tuesday. This is our first uh, podcast of the year. Is this number 40? No, this is 38. Okay. This is number 38. Because when we, we, when we get to, we got to do two things. We got to make a new opening and then we need to do our, um, maybe we do it like we were talking about doing our um, top of the year. Like some of those shows do predictions or, you know, just some, some, mm. some random stuff like that. I love it. I love it. Um, and if you have any suggestions, thoughts, tips, tricks that you'd like to see on our on our podcast, please let us know. You can find me at Jen Van Lannen Veg um, on Instagram, Big Button a Smile on TikTok, and you can find me on Redhead Vegan on Twitter. Myron, where can everybody find you? Uh, look me up at Myron J. Clifton on Twitter, Facebook, and on Instagram and Facebook. Find me at uh, Dear Dean. Um, same on TikTok. All my books are on my uh, Amazon author page. There's a bunch of books there. Get my books, read them, review them, share them, and uh, support small creators like myself. Like, I don't have the big book companies, publishing companies back to me. It's just me. 
and uh, there's a variety and you can get whatever you like. So, um, so yeah, just so we will safe driving tomorrow. We will talk next week and um, have a great, uh, have a great night. Thanks. You too, sir. Peace out. Bye. Bye.